a credit union that's about a three billion plus in assets um, that had home equity time take about 30 days, 30 to 40 days, we've taken that down to about 12 days by leveraging our technology. And my favorite story is a credit union out of Moline, Illinois, had a borrower apply for a home equity loan Monday morning. By Monday, five o'clock, they had the borrower closing because at Cobines were able to provide all the technology they need in order to process the loan. Welcome to FinTech Confidential, bringing you the people, tech, and companies that change how you pay and get paid. Hey, Ted Huff here from FinTech Confidential. Are you struggling with payment technologies and feeling left behind in the digital commerce revolution? No worries. Let me introduce you to MPC 2023, the premier event for payments leaders. This is your chance to shake hands and rub shoulders with the world's top experts in payments, loyalty, blockchain, digital currencies, cybersecurity, consumer privacy, and other emerging fintech solutions, connecting you directly with the future of commerce. And if you haven't already, mark your calendars for August 23rd through the 25th and join me and Fintech Confidential at the Westin Atlanta Perimeter North. Now here's the best part. When you sign up for Fintech Confidential notifications, you will receive a discount up to 100% off. Yeah, you heard it right, up to 100% off. So what are you waiting for? Sign up now at www.fintechconfidential.com forward slash notifications. Don't let the future of commerce pass you by and join me at MPC in Atlanta from August 23rd through the 25th, where it's all about the movement of money. Omar, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Well, before we dive in, I want to kind of give the audience a, a, a view into who Omar is and what company you're you're bringing here. Omar Jordan is with us today. He leads con Conviance. It's a fintech company that is is really revolutionizing lending with their cloud-based platform, especially the product called Home Equity Express. Not only that, but they were named the 2022 QSO of the year, also a fastest growing company in the US by Inc. 5000. This solution is an easy implement thing for credit unions, community banks, and is really, really committed to innovating and developing on the next generation of fintech talent through their incubator program, which I can't wait to dive into with me having two daughters. I love the fact that you're focused on female fintech contributors. I think that is fantastic. But before I dive into all of that stuff, Omar, I love the fact, I, the funny part, I'm sitting in Clinton, Iowa right now where, my, where I grew up. You're over in Des Moines. Funny enough, I probably should have scheduled it a little bit better and we could have done it face to face. Yeah, but you know, how, how did you fall into fintech and how did you become an Iwegian? Well, <laughs> uh, let me see if I can make this really, really short. So, um, <laughs> I moved to Iowa from Orange County, California, if you can imagine, uh, you know, the, the, the cultural shock <laughs> and the population shock. Um, not only that, but uh, prior to Orange County, I actually moved to um, or moved from the country of Jordan. So way out in the you know, population, nine million to Orange County and then all of a sudden Iowa with the whole state is population three million. 
Um, so that's uh, how I became an Iowan. And, and, you know, you've got two beautiful girls and, and, and it's hard to, to move out. It's a great family environment. It's a good state. Uh, you know, sort of it, it becomes home and, it, it, and it's funny how life works. So uh, no place like home. I miss Des Moines. Our airport is uh, three terminals. I'm, like, I'm out of the airport. Right. It's amazing. Uh, how I got into fintech. Um, I've, you know, I've, um, I've always been interested in, in, in the concept of talking to folks and, and, and just, um, you know, the book and how to influence others and really fascinating to, uh, get behind number one, making a difference, but, um, but doing it the right way and doing it, um, in a way where people can trust you. Um, and so I've always been involved in the sales process somehow. Uh, so, you know, I did door to door sales. I did, uh, I was recruited by uh, a top five bank at some point to be a loan officer. There, my career in finance sort of started. And so, what uh, after the collapse of 2009, the financial collapse, I just decided to, instead of going back to the corporate environment to um, take my 401k, bet on a couple of ideas that I had. And, and from there, one company uh, got built, uh, got acquired. Another one gets built, gets acquired, and, and then I thought to myself, you know, I've got this idea. Um, back then, it was called lender clothes, not co-buyers. Um, and, and the concept was to create technology that allow us to uh, streamline the process. Because I've seen how lenders work. I was a loan officer. And then some of the companies that I acquired and or built in the past 10, 15, 20 years were, were on the vendor back operation side of a real estate transaction. So I've seen both sides and I, and I knew where the gaps were. And I thought, boy, there's got to be somewhere where we can bridge that gap through technology, through uh, potentially some policy recommendations and or working with some credit unions and banks and, and, and really help them um, redo their underwriting metrics to, to, to match what the governmental entities require, like the CFPB, the NCUA, the FDIC. There's so much flexibility within those that don't allow or that give credit unions, banks, the, the ability to really lend at a much more streamlined process. And so that's how I got into FinTech. It's been a fun journey. Uh, however, there are pictures of me with hair, if you Google. So, you know, it comes with costs for sure. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, as you can tell, I haven't lost it. It has turned... It, it is totally turned gray though. Um, and yeah, well that, that's that, that, that there's, there's some in there. It's, it's hiding under there. So, you know, we'll, we'll keep yeah. it that way. What was the purpose of making the change from lender close over to conveyance? Bad uh, naming companies. The company before <laughs> that, I call it national loan closings. I don't have that creativity in terms of marketing. And so that's where we have the smart people come in and help us uh, do this. So lender close was, uh, I just needed something quick. And, 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 and you know, I, I come up with an idea. I'm very impulsive and I might go, um, you know, and I've had bigger failures and I had, uh, you know, successes in life. But that's, I think that's the fun of uh, being an entrepreneur. Um, that said, we went from lender close to Cobain's uh, because it was a team effort. So we onboarded the chief marketing officer and, I promised her, Jill, that everything was going to be on the table. And that was part of the deal. And, and, and she said, even the name, I said, well, listen, you know, uh, it's like somebody calling your baby has a terrible name, but yeah, fine. Right. And so 
we went through a journey of, of identifying you know, the weaknesses and the strength of lender flows and then the, what the impact of a rebrand is. And we went from a functional name to a name that really speaks to what we do. Go Lions, um, it's a name that we actually created, but it, it speaks technology. And if you dissect the name Cobians, it's really interesting how they do this. There's a science to branding and a little do I know, but co for cooperative, it's, it's that, it's, it's a spirit of working together, right? Via is a path forward and AMS, performance, finance, compliance. So Cobians and really speaks to what we do. So one word, Cobians, it's our brand, we own it. Uh, and it's been fun to see that journey and our team did such a good job. I mean, going through a rebrand process, man, is it painful, but we have a great team, uh, 72 plus employees have all come together and we, the, the transition from a technology perspective, from user experience for our customers, all of that came together on launch day. And I don't think we've had a single hiccup. Uh, so what a great team. I got to give it to the team. I was just there watching. And, uh, <laughs> you get to the level where you're, you don't have to be in the grind every day as an entrepreneur. And it takes time. You know, it took me about five years to, to, to get to this level where now I can focus on um, investors, uh, board members, uh, raising capital, you know, bringing in big deals, for example. A lot of entrepreneurs that I talk to uh, really talk about that transition you, you just mentioned is from working wow. on working in the business to get it to the point and then being able to bring in the talent to work on the business, figuring out what's next. Where do you go? Why do you yeah. go there? How do you transform it to that next horizon? It's a big thing to do. How is Coviance as a fintech company revolutionizing the lending experience for these community lenders and borrowers? If you are a homeowner and you, you've purchased a home before, that process is so long in the United States for some reason. And it's due to uh, unnecessary uh, you know, checks and balances that don't necessarily make a huge impact on the risks. But let's table that for a minute. The process is too lengthy. You have, if you're doing a home equity loan, generally speaking, you're in a second lien position, or uh, maybe you're doing a refinance transaction where you're refinancing the loan that you've taken out to acquire the home, maybe for an interest rate that's better, or you want to get cash out to put a pool in your backyard, pay student loans off, credit cards, whatever the case might be. We refuse to... Uh, you know, adapt to the norm of it takes 30 to 90 days because we read the guidelines that, that the, you know, entities that govern banks and credit unions and really they don't speak or give, uh, enforce the fact that it needs to take 30 to 60 days. A lot of what's been happening in the home equity for refinance business, especially non-secondary market, not the refinance transaction that get sold to Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, a, a lot of those stay on the book. But what we've seen is a pattern of taking the policies of secondary market type oh. loans, copying and pasting them into what a home equity loan is. So I can go into a credit union right now, walk in and ask for a $10,000 personal loan and walk out within 30 minutes, unsecure, nothing attached to it. And at the same time, I'd go into the same credit union, apply for a $10,000 home equity loan for my house as collateral. If I don't pay, you can take my house away, but yet I have to wait 90 days. Whoa, 
something is off here. That's what covalence does. We take their underwriting policy, their process metrics, if this, but that, if the borrower has a score of X, mm -hmm. then you do this. If the property loan to value is Y, then you do this. We take all of that, we automate the entire process. It's fluid for them to push one button to process their loans. We integrate it into any loan originating system or core processor or point of sale application they have. And, 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 it's, and it's been fluid. 450 plus banks and credit unions nationwide. And we've been doubling almost every year since the beginning. And kudos to the team, number one. And then our customers for being great cheerleaders for it. So, you know, as you mentioned this, I'm assuming you're, you're describing Home Equity Express pretty much, right? Exactly that, yes. The ability to automate the entire process, inject some uh, what we call nodes and actions throughout the process to communicate with the borrower uh, and send communication back to the loan officer, um, all via an automation engine. And then the ability to have a, a hub that, that has all industry vendors and solution built in it. Uh, it's a turnkey solution that doesn't really require months of implementation. Generally speaking, about 20 minutes to onboard users and the uh, bank and credit union is ready to go. And then uh, a couple more days to really build out uh, some of their um, metrics or policies or, or underwriting process. As I think through this, um, I'm a I'm a big fintech geek, as you can probably imagine. Obviously, I'm hosting Fintech Confidential, um, you know, and I'm, I'm looking at there was a house in the state of Alabama that was yeah. sold on blockchain using a lender that from did all the paperwork from beginning to end all on blockchain. They did it in a matter of three minutes. Mm -hmm. How do you see that type of technology supporting the market? And, and does it, does it, I'm going to use a pun. Does it lend itself uh, to, mm -hmm. to anything that, that we should be thinking about? Oh, no question. I think blockchain is very interesting, especially in how you can apply it related to, uh, history of real estate transactions. So a lot of us also, uh, you know, there, there's this idea that if I buy a house, I have to acquire something called title insurance policy, mm -hmm. right? Well, title insurance guarantees, uh, you know, your lien position guarantees the fact that you own said property, a very, very expensive premium. But if it was a blockchain type transaction, well, these type of transactions or they're recorded the blockchain transaction, these type of transactions can, can live in the blockchain and, and, and really be um, the final and, and, and true history of that. So there's a title element of that. And then and there's a transactional finance element of that that can be handled as long as the, and I don't know too much about crypto necessarily, I monitor it from a distance. However, that concept of blockchain doesn't equal cryptocurrency. And I think that's where banks and credit unions get nervous. We're not talking Bitcoin. Hmm. We're not talking Ethereum. We're talking about leveraging a technology that can live as a ledger and, and really avoid the entire process of requiring what I call a notary throughout the process too. That's a whole other thing that yeah. we should get into. It's, it's, you know, not now, but it's 2023. We're still requiring notaries yeah. that were invented yeah. from the Roman empire, right? To have that witness when we have IP addresses and blockchain and all of that, but there's a lot. I mean, we can spend the next 10 years talking about how we can shave unnecessary um, steps throughout the process. Talking about providing convenience to the borrowers, right? How are you creating a better experience for the borrowers 
And why is this so much easier to implement at credit unions and community banks than say uh, another solution? We're not only creating a better experience for the borrower, and I'll, I'll address what that means, but we're to originate a loan, whether it's a home equity or a first mortgage, very expensive for a bank or a credit union because of all these steps that they have to follow. Compliance, risk, balances, technology, um, communication. Every time there was a study that came out of, I believe, a credit union that, that, that assessed their, and I'm not going to say their name, but they, they did a study as to what it costs a borrower every time they call to inquire about their loan. $5 per minute is what it costs a credit union wow. for a borrower to call and inquire about what's happening with their loan. So it is expensive to originate, and it doesn't have to be that way. By streamlining it and injecting automation into the process, you're able to scale without having the requirement to scale a human capital, right? And distribute your human capital workload to focus on what matters most, which is your borrower experience. Communicate with the borrower, upsell opportunities, you know, look for, uh, there's always exceptions throughout the loan process where somebody has to handhold the file, but about 60 to 70% of loan transactions are, can be placed into an automation engine that really go from pre-application to post-close without a human being touching it. Uh, and it should be that case. Where we impact the borrower experience is not only the speed, but it's also the communication, the ability for the borrower to know exactly when they're going to close, know exactly the status of their loan, and have the ability to check on that. Also provide that to the financial institutions in a way to get, get up and running a lot faster than what they do today with yep. maybe a legacy provider. Yeah, so the typical turnaround time to implement big technology, generally speaking, uh, you know, it's three to nine months, depending on the type of technology. Empower our team to really sit in the seat of our customer and sit in the seat of the borrower and, and dissect the problem and really come up with the solutions. Uh, implementation is one of the first things we think about as we onboard clients. You know, the goal is to you go buy an iPhone from AT&T and Verizon, you push the button and it comes on. And, 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 and that's how we build and create uh, technology. So we, we find ways for us to have fast implementation because experience matters. And then we empower our users to have the ability to have an administrative panel for them to go in and, and custom whatever they want to custom as much as possible. Um, so that's important for us. Implementation matters and we must build at the speed of our customer's desire to go to market. Can you share any specific examples of, of how Coviance has helped a community lender overcome a very particular challenge or achieve uh, a significant business outcome? There was a credit union in California that did not have a home equity lending program. And that was about two years ago. And they said, we don't know how to even um, teach our team how to underwrite these loans, but here's our policy. And we said, no problem. Give us your policy, your underwriting metrics and your process requirements. We built those into an automation tool. And then we said, can your loan officer or processor just push one button? Put the borrower information is in and say process. And everything gets processed, loan is good to go. So we provide what we call a clear to close within hours or no more than 72 hours where everybody else has taken 30, 40 days. The other side of that, it's, you, we've had a, a, a credit union that's about a 3 billion plus in assets um, that had home equity time take about 30 days, 30 to 40 days, we've taken that from 30 to 40 days down to about 12 days by leveraging our technology. 
And my favorite story is a credit union out of Moline, Illinois, which somewhere you're next to right now, <laughs> yeah. had a borrower had a borrower apply for a home equity loan Monday morning. By Monday, five o'clock, uh, they had the borrower closing because at Covines were able to provide all the technology they need in order to process the loan. The borrower had an emergency situation where they had to have the money, and we closed that home equity loan that that day, leveraging the Covines or technology. So beautiful stories that I hear all the time and they're always coming, you know, to get an email from a customer that said, we went from a 12 day turnaround time to an average of 4.7 day turnaround time uh, is, is a great member experience. Look at interest rates, fees. Everybody has the same interest rates. You become a commodity. You drive down the street and there's a billboard that says, come here and it's 7.5. <laughs> and Everybody has the same interest rate. The differentiator and and I hate to use uh, Jeff Bezos on this, is customer experience, borrower experience. That is what separates a credit union from a competing fintech. Fintechs that are out there advertising to take away credit union members, um, customer uh, customers from banks are counting on those community lenders to stay status quo, to not invest in the ability to modify certain policies or even adopt technology. And that's what we're seeing is an exodus of members and borrowers from banks and credit unions into this fintech, mm -hmm. right? You can go on Robinhood.com and, 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 and get a home equity loan or discovery.com or SoFi is doing home equity loans. Those are local lender customers that are being taken away. And it's primarily user experience. I think you've, we've seen that across fintech, especially in the last 15 years where it, it's less about costs of goods and more about how easy can you make it? How fast can you make it? Um, how, how much friction can you reduce? Notice that you had been appointed to lead the Iowa Division of Credit Unions Review Board. How, how do you see that as being a way to help lenders and to be more in tune with them. Hey, Ted Huff here from FinTech Confidential. Are you struggling with payment technologies and feeling left behind in the digital commerce revolution? No worries. Let me introduce you to MPC 2023, the premier event for payments leaders. This is your chance to shake hands and rub shoulders with the world's top experts in payments, loyalty, blockchain, digital currencies, cybersecurity, consumer privacy, and other emerging fintech solutions, connecting you directly with the future of commerce. And if you haven't already, mark your calendars for August 23rd through the 25th and join me and Fintech Confidential at the Westin Atlanta Perimeter North. Now here's the best part. When you sign up for Fintech Confidential notifications, you will receive a discount up to 100% off. Yeah, you heard it right, up to 100% off. So what are you waiting for? Sign up now at www.fintechconfidential.com forward slash notifications. Don't let the future of commerce pass you by and join me at MPC in Atlanta from August 23rd through the 25th, where it's all about the movement of money. Yeah, well, I guess you do your homework. I didn't even know uh, that was news. Um, so kudos to you.
But I, uh, I was asked to, you know, Iowa is a pretty small state, so uh, Governor Reynolds um, and I became sort of friends. I'd see her at a conference, um, you know, here and there, and, and she's always been supportive of us. Um, and I, I think, man, I mentioned to her one day, hey, I'd love to somehow serve in, in, in any capacity and give back my time to the state of Iowa because the state of Iowa has been so good to us. Um, state senators, also representatives on a local level, they, they, they always check. It's amazing that you in this community and not just the governmental side of it, but everyone is willing to stop and, and not only motivate you when you need to be lifted up, but also coach you through mm -hmm. some of the challenges. Uh, you know, we've got, I have CEO friends of publicly traded companies in Iowa that would pick up the phone and just say, well, think about it this way. You know, for the governor, governor to every now and then check in and, hey, how are things yeah. going? Great. You know, so you, you, you almost have to give that time back. And so I sit on this board and, and I serve really not the credit union industry, I serve uh, the people of Iowa in terms of making sure that the governmental bodies that, um, you know, address those credit unions is, is, is basically uh, in check. So it's not necessarily in, in, to influence policy, it's to making sure, you know, we uh, are following guidelines for the you know, best interest of Iowans. Um, that said, I, I always offer um, uh, suggestions uh, related to how we can lend. And, and in fact, one of the things that are not necessarily related to the credit union review board, I think back in 2020, we, as at Covias, back then it was lender close, got behind a bill and really injected ourselves into automating the closing process through remote online notarization versus having to drive two hours to meet with a notary and sign your loan documents. And so Iowa now is what we call a RON state, remote online notarization state. And thanks again to the Iowa Credit Union League, the, the, the Banking and Realtor Association of Iowa, um, Governor Reynolds and, and, and the great senators of the state uh, that really got behind uh, this bill. I think it was a unanimous decision, but it, it's such a good technology, such a good state to be a part of. Uh, and there's a surprising good amount of technology and, and, and fintech presence. And so I call it Silicon Valley. Uh, <laughs> I've heard it called Silicon Plains, um, but Silicon Valley. I love it. That is that is awesome. Interesting is you're talking about all of these advancements, right? Um, the state of Iowa was the first one to have a state run debit network. That's I was the yeah. first one to do that. Iowa was the first one to have a digital driver's license. I was the yeah. first. One, I mean, there are a lot of firsts that have happened in Iowa. And to others, it's surprising. Yeah. Well, and I look at it as it I, I, I believe it is because we look at it as being how do we help because we're so rural in nature? How do we help our rural partners? get the yes. benefits of a large metropolitan area. And, and really, you, you brought up a lot of really good things. When we think local, it's not like the town I'm in. To us as, as, as Iwegians, it's, it, it's, it's the whole state. The whole state is considered yeah. local, whether you're, you're from Des Moines or you're from, oh, yeah. from, from a little town in Tingley down south southwest or you are up north in in dubuque or 
or heck, even Lake Okaboji or a small bank in Maxwell, Iowa. And we all look at it from the perspective is like, how do we how do we move things forward and make it so we can be more connected as a community? And I think that's a lot of Looking I think it's that. a lot of the intention around a lot of the technology that has happened. Oh, absolutely. So I'm going to talk about the community. I'm going to shift gears yet again for you. We've set up an incubator program for recent college. I, I think it's just for recent college graduates. It might be some that are in in yeah. in college still, but it's really the emphasis. And I hit on this at the beginning of the interview. The emphasis is on preparing young females for careers and technology. I would love for you to kind of give us the the whole purpose around why you focused on young females. And then also let's talk about the the program itself and for, for females that want to get involved, how do they get involved? Okay. So you said you uh, talking about me, I should say, I, I take no credit for, 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 for that. I was uh, supportive and cheerleaded for it. And I said, let's do it. It was an idea that was suggested by Martina Schubert, our CTO. Martina and I got connected, I think, in 2019, uh, and, and she joined us shortly after. I, 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 you know, to, to be in Iowa and have a CTO that works for uh, uh, a massive company of 4,000, she, she worked uh, for DLL, and, and have her to be in town uh, was, number one, surprising to me. But I met with her, and I told her what I'm trying to build, and, uh, you know, and I knew what I was getting into because Martina is a tough leader. You get to a level where you start to hire people smarter than you and that make more money than you at some point, but that's okay because you need that as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You know, early on, you're the CTO, you're the CEO, you're the chief bottle washer. Yeah, the everything, right? And now you're like, okay, this is my next hire. Start to hire your weaknesses, as they say. Um, and, 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 and Martina was, you know, one of the first one or two that, that I was, um, you know, targeting and, and, and just to have her on was, was so inspiring. And then Martina comes up with this idea of saying, listen, we, what if we actually brought some talent from colleges that just recently graduated or are in the process of, of, of graduating? And we thought that was a great idea at some point. We had uh, 50, throughout my, our entire technology um, talent pool and product, we had a 50-50 uh, female male employee. And, and just to have that in the state of Iowa was, was unique on its own. Um, it's inspiring to see a person that actually lived and grew up in a small town in Iowa to go to college to become a programmer and to have a job and to, to do amazing work. And uh, we have a lot of that talent in here. In fact, some of our strongest talent is, is, is female talent. So uh, my, my leadership team, Martina Schubert, uh, Jill Skinner as, as, as a chief marketing officer, incredible, incredible people. Bill knows specifically today the number ratio between female and male at, at, at Covines, but I can tell you it's pretty close to 50%. We don't do it because we have to. We hire the best person for the job and some of them happen to be female versus male or male versus female. And that's the ratio. So in Iowa, we do things because it's the right thing to do, and, and, and we don't necessarily do it for marketing purposes. And so, so, when there's there's a, a female in technology that is looking to to progress, what's the best way for them to learn about this incubator program? 
Well, certainly reach out to Martina Schubert, our CTO. If you're interested, please reach out to to, to us and, and not necessarily Martina, uh, feel free to flag me, but we're, we're always looking for great talent. Two years ago, it was tough. And, and so there was a, an idea that Martina brought as far as, well, let's, uh, let's develop our own talent in that case. Let's invest in our own talent. And I think about 90% of the incubators are still at Covalience. We ended up uh, onboarding because they've done an amazing job. And we were able to actually coach them the way we wanted to coach them, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we partnered them with senior software engineers and that, that really hand, held them. And it, it takes a lot. It's not an easy task for sure. Um, but uh, the results are impactful. What advice would you have for community lenders who are considering implementing technology to help them create a better experience? And how do they find the best partner for their needs? Well, I, I, I guess I will, um, I'll use the words of our CRO, Alan Jinks, and he always says, what is the problem you are trying to solve? Don't worry about the solution. Make sure you understand specifically what is the problem you are trying to solve first. And that's where most banks and credit unions don't do well and fail at it. The general concept or what we hear as we're talking to prospects or customers is, oh, our lending process is slow. We need a new loan originating system, right? And and they think that. And therefore, they go on a hunt for one or two years to implement a nine-month process <laughs> of a new loan originating system. And then when they implement it, they go, our lending process is so slow, we need the new loan originating system. So we, we have a quote at Cobias that says, your, your, everybody's best loan originating system is their next one, or favorite loan is, is, their, is their next one. We've got to stop and ask the question of what is the problem we're trying to solve? And if you truly dissect that, you will then learn that your problem isn't necessarily your loan originating system. While it might be, but there are other factors beneath that. And it could be your policy. It could be your guidelines on lending. It could be your process. It could be a legacy process. It could be the fact that you involve your board of directors on lending decisions. And why is the board of directors involved on lending decisions? So the, the number one question is, what is it? What is the business outcome you are trying to uh, accomplish. Um, and if you need help with that, call Covalence. We'll walk you through it. So as an entrepreneur and and having multiple businesses and things that have both succeeded and failed, as we talked about very early in the conversation, if you were sitting down with a fintech startup founder that was just starting their journey, yeah, what is one piece of advice that you would give them if it would change the trajectory of their life? Yo, man, one. Just one. Um, uh, I, I think that I've got a lot, but if I was to, 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 to really pick one, I would say you, the, the greater the risk you take, the greater the reward and I'll finish it with everything you do comes down to how much work you put in it. If you pour your heart and soul into something, at some point it will pay off. So stay the course. Don't listen to your friends. Just keep working. 
work ethics is really where where nobody can outwork me, I should say. Uh, but I'm not the smartest one in the room. But there's a whole long laundry list of things I would tell every entrepreneur. We can certainly get into that at some point. Yeah, well, that, we, that, that, that is for a different podcast. So we'll, we'll, we might yeah. talk about that later. Coviance has a huge commitment to innovation, the borrower experience, developing the next generation of fintech talent. How would you want to tell the audience what you're doing to stay ahead of the curve in these areas? You get to a level where you start to ask questions. So our vision has never changed. Uh, our mission has never changed. Without saying too much of the things that we're working on, our focus is absolutely being a, a, a valued provider to our customer um, and the ability to return our investors' uh, investment with some level of ROI on that. Uh, but most of all, invest in our people because that's what helps us move our business forward. So people want to learn more about what you can do to help them. And if they want to partner, what, what are the best ways to reach out? Reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on there. I monitor my messages. As long as it's not spam, uh, I, I actually respond and set up meetings if somebody wants to talk. And then my entire leadership stack is on LinkedIn. And, and, and so you can find us there to reach out related to a personal issue. And if you're looking to, you're interested in our technology, uh, certainly reach out to me directly as well. And uh, I'll connect you with the right uh, party. Fantastic. Well, Omar, I appreciate you taking the time out on a Friday midday. Uh, it has been fantastic. Thank you, Ted, for having me. Um, I hope. Uh, this gives your audience a chance to listen to something fun. And um, once again, thanks for everything you've done for us and not just for me, but for the entire FinTech and tech community. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, Omar. Support provided by MPC 2023, the premier event for payments leaders. It's your chance to shake hands and rub shoulders with the world's top experts in payments, loyalty, blockchain, digital currencies, cybersecurity, consumer privacy, and other emerging fintech solutions, connecting you directly with the future of commerce. Mark your calendars for August 23rd through the 25th and join me and fintech confidential at the Westin Atlanta Perimeter North. Now here's the best part. When you sign up for FinTech Confidential notifications, you will receive a discount up to 100% off. Yeah, you heard it right. Up to 100% off. So what are you waiting for? Sign up now at www.fintechconfidential.com forward slash notifications. Don't let the future of commerce pass you by and join me at MPC in Atlanta from August 23rd through the 25th, where it's all about the movement of money. This has been a production of Diamond D3 Media with all rights reserved. This is provided for informational purposes only. It is not offered or intended to be used as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. We strive to provide accurate and up-to-date information, but will not be responsible for any missing facts or inaccurate information. You comply and understand that you should use any of this information at your own risk. Cryptocurrencies are highly volatile financial assets, so research and make your own financial decisions.